Resterney Radio presents Genesis, Volume 1 of Commentaries on the Pentateuch by Rusus John Resterney. Narrated by Jeremy Walker. Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation. Chapter 4 The Sabbath. Genesis 2 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all of his work which God created and made. Genesis 2, 1-3 According to Ezekiel 20, 12-21, God gave the Sabbath as a sign to Israel. The Hebrew word translated as sign means evidence, a signal, or a monument. The Sabbath is a continuing witness established by God. But a witness to what? Humanly speaking, a Sabbath is wasted time. Revolutionary regimes, such as the Russian Revolution, have been hostile to the Sabbath rest. They have viewed it as an irrational waste of time, an unwarranted intrusion into the work routine. The Sabbath in Scripture is a day ordained by God for rest, to rest in Him. Worship is secondary to rest, and the rest is a separation unto God. While our faith must govern every day and hour of our lives, the Sabbath rest introduces a discontinuity and separation. The triune God is discontinuitous with creation. He made it, but is totally separate from it. There is no continuity of being between God and man. The Sabbath rest establishes a weekly discontinuity in time, but it is a discontinuity which compels us to look beyond time and beyond creation to our Creator and Redeemer. The Sabbath discontinuity is also a pattern in time, a regular, quote, break, unquote, with time and the world. Our work is not sufficient. Only God's providence and mercy can enable us to advance and prevail in time. Some religions, notably Hinduism and Buddhism, are overwhelmed by time past. The burden of the past, karma, oppresses man, whose only hope becomes escape from time into nirvana. Time is seen as the arena of defeat. For Christians, while the past is irrevocable, it is redeemable. Sin must be atoned for, and this, the Lord of Sabbath, Jesus Christ, does for us. While there is a discontinuity of being between God and His creation, there is a continuity of mercy, grace, and providence. From our redemption, Christ's atonement, we gain a continuity of community, but not of essence. The Sabbath establishes a community of moral life between man and man, and man and God. The separation from work signifies also a moral separation from the fallen world, a world to be redeemed by God's kingdom and purpose. That moral community must include everyone in the household, aliens, and work animals. Exodus 20, 8-11 God's holy purpose includes all of His creation, and we must honor His total community. The Sabbath is a sign of the covenant, 
having received grace and law from God, the covenant people surrender themselves to Him, not only in worship, but in the giving of time to God, to yield 52 days in the year on a regular weekly basis is a covenant act, and acknowledging to God that it is not our power over time, but His power on which we depend. We cannot master time in history apart from God. Therefore, by removing ourselves from time, by resting one day in seven, we acknowledge that the determination of all things belongs to God. We do not work on the Lord's day unless it be works of necessity and works of mercy. When our Lord healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath, he said to his accusers, And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into the pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Matthew 12:11-12 On the Sabbath we rest from our labors, our efforts to govern or to control our lives, because we know that God's predestination and providence govern us totally. Therefore, to cease from labor, but to spend time planning on the Lord's day is a serious offense. Such planning is a direct assault on God's government. To avoid a little manual labor while insisting on planning our future is to say that the Lord's Day is no more than a rest from work, when it is in fact a radical declaration, when understood, that the government is on our Lord's shoulders now. Isaiah 9.6 The Lord's Day is thus an affirmation of the Lordship of Christ, of His sovereignty and rule. We declare that we have a King, and His name is Jesus. The rest days of pagan antiquity were usually days, whether yearly, monthly, or more often, celebrating the king's birthday, rain day, or some like event. They acknowledged the king's sovereignty and rule. Far more radically, the Lord's Day celebrates the total, providential, and predestinating government of our triune God. To rest on His terms is to acknowledge His rule. Moreover, the Lord's Day has an eschological meaning. Since the days of the Hebrews, this has been acknowledged. Hebrews 4 states it very plainly. The Sabbath rest was foreshadowed in the conquest of the promised land, but its fullness is in Jesus Christ and the new creation. The Christian must conquer the world for Christ, and then, in the new heavens and a new earth, he will have the fullness of his rest and eternal Sabbath. Worship, with the proclamation of God's word, prepares us for both the conquest and the rest. Ezekiel reveals that God declares the Sabbath to be, one, a sign between God and his covenant people, two, it is to be kept holy, and three, by means of this they shall, quote, know that I am the Lord your God, unquote, Ezekiel 20, 20. Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And hollow my Sabbaths, 
that they shall be a sign between me and you, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. Ezekiel 20, 20. To keep the Sabbath day or the Lord's day truly means to keep God's law. This is the precondition to keeping the holy day and knowing God. Clearly, we are told that such knowledge is not simply intellectual. It has a moral basis. The covenant is a covenant of grace and law. Apart from God's redeeming grace and His sanctifying law, we cannot know Him. Knowledge, in the biblical sense, is not mere recognition. It involves the total life of man. Rationalizations and rationalism cannot give us the knowledge of God because sin clouds our minds. Since man's basic and original sin is to attempt to be his own God, Genesis 3.5, his fallen mind refuses to acknowledge that God is God. The Lord's day is then no more than a day of secession, of labor, rather than a means to a knowledge of God. Such true knowledge requires covenant grace and obedience, keeping the Lord's day holy, because we know that He who redeemed us will also care for us. He is able. There is another aspect to the Sabbath rest, which must be stressed. It is a day of joy for those who are God's covenant people, according to Isaiah 58, 13-14. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The Berkeley version renders verse 13 thus, If you do not tramp upon the Sabbath by doing your business on my holy day, but call the Sabbath an enjoyment, in order that the Lord might be sacredly honored, and if you honor it by not doing your business, not seeking your own pleasure, nor talking idle talk, verse 14, then you shall find your delight in the Lord. This enjoyment is only possible with a mature understanding of grace, law, and the Lord's day. The Sabbath is a joy because it tells us that the government of all things is on Christ's shoulders, not ours. It tells us that God's grace governs us, not karma. Hinduism speaks of man's total responsibility in a godlike sense and hence requires endless reincarnations to make atonement. Our Lord tells us that the Sabbath was made for man. Mark 2.27 It is a witness to our creatureliness, to the fact that we can rest because the government of all things is not on our shoulders, and our Lord is King over all of creation. The Sabbath, thus, is a glorious fact, a witness to our victory in and through Christ.